This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Well, the, uh, a little bit under the weather, so... Uh, We'll see how we'll see who is a good chance David will be in the net tonight. We'll see how he responds during the day, but he was more under the weather. And again, it was an optional, so the other guys just stayed off. That's their choice. Head coach Rick Bonus uh, following the optional morning skate um, under the weather. Not sure if Hellebuck will start. Um, could see uh, David uh, Riddich in the net. Uh, the other players he was talking about who weren't out there, Nikolai Ehlers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Brandon Dillon. Uh, just taking the optional, maybe some people were wondering uh, because uh, uh, Ehlers did take a puck to the side of the head in practice yesterday, but uh, he's expected to be okay and just decided. I don't I don't think he takes many morning skates, does he, Jim Toth? I don't believe so. No, I don't no. think he's a big morning skate guy. Not uh, a big morning skate guy. He yeah. does take the odd one. Yeah, every now and then, if he feels up to it. You know, no one needs to pressure Nick Ehlers to do it. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. That's wow. the kind of guy he is. How's your face, Nick? It's a little sore. Why don't you take the skate off? Take the skate off, man. Come on. Hey, take Nick, it easy. how's your face? It's sore, thank you. Uh, Seattle, the pregame show will get going on. Seattle and the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the Kraken, of course. The pregame will get going at 5, puck drop at 7 right here on 680 CGOB. Lots more to come on that as we look at the big game tonight. Uh, Everett Fitzhugh is going to be joining us, the play-by-play voice of the Kraken, at around 12.45 to take a closer look with their plans at the deadline. And there's a very interesting stat that I found uh, about the Kraken that I was, you know, pretty, um, pretty uh, amazed with, and we'll get into that uh, as the show goes on. But first, starting at 11 o'clock today, CFL free agency uh, opens, quote unquote, opens after a week long legal tampering period, um, and so things, can, of course, can be made official. Um, like the big news. Uh, Kenny Lawler officially coming back, signing yes. a two-year deal uh, this year and next to uh, come back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and to talk all about that. Derek Taylor, play-by-play voice of the Bombers, with us right now on 680 CJOB. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing well. Can't wait to talk to Mr. Lawler in about 30 minutes from now. Happy Valentine's Day, Derek. Happy Valentine's Day, Toth. How Thanks. are you, man? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> Bombers showing Kenny the love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely are. A two-year deal for, for Kenny Lawler. Uh, I we'd seen some reports in advance. It was worth over 250 grand a year, which is a real strong commitment to a player. And he'll, he's a guy who will just pop right into uh, Greg Ellingson's spot last season, so the Bombers can run out Carlton Agadosi, Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, Kenny Lawler, and Drew Wolitarski in what might be the best receiving core in the CFL. Now, now, correct me if I'm horrendously wrong on this, Derek. Please, because you, you're obviously a lot more in tuned in this than me. That the end of the official start of free agency also marks the final time that CFL players can sign down south with the NFL. So that means that Dalton Schoen will be with the Bombers this coming season. Is that correct, or am I insanely wrong? That is correct. That is correct. That's my understanding as okay. well. So as of 11 a.m. today, that window was closed. So Dalton Schoen comes back to the Bombers, which he was the leading receiver in the Canadian Football League for crying out loud. And mm. what a what an amazing year he had. It also means good things for the Riders because they get their star receiver back. But so, you know, it's not a great rule in that respect. But <laughs> uh, but no, that Dalton Schoen is back and you get to add to to him and uh, Nick Dembski. My goodness. Now, along these lines of Dalton Schoen, Derek, I, I saw you on social media a couple of days ago. 
explain this because there's a lot of Bomber fans, a lot of CFL fans will go, how does this guy not get at least a practice roster offer or something? And there were some stats that came out about the waggle and the motion and, and, and how that sort of maybe benefited Dalton Schoen to some NFL scouts. Yeah, and for folks who don't know, like the waggle is specific to Canadian football, right? At the In the NFL level, you cannot be moving forward at the snap. But once you come up here, guys like Schoen get a hold of the waggle. And he picked it up so quickly, he absolutely punished defensive backs with the waggle this past season. So uh, when he goes back to the NFL, he had to start from a set position. And you can look at his stats. They were amazing in the CFL. But it was 84% of his yards and 86% of his catches came with the waggle last season. Great news for the Bombers, but could very well affect his perception down in the NFL because he now has to do this thing that he's done all his life. But, I mean, it, it doesn't have the same – he didn't maybe didn't have the same power that he had up here, the same dominance that he had up here when he went for these workouts. So that very well could be something that, that held him back. We'll be curious to – to talk to Dalton when he when we get the first chance to and to see how how his experience was trying out in the NFL. The same je ne sais quoi, mon ami. Ah, there, there you go. Yeah, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> Ça va bien? Oui. I think it means uh, I do not know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Derek, I mean, we see. I think reports coming here. Three Down Nations. Uh, Justin Dunk reporting that the Alouettes um, are close to or have signed uh, Greg Ellingson. He's going to be on his way to yep. Montreal. And the situation in there. I'm definitely going to ask you your thoughts on the CFL taking ownership of the Alouettes uh, earlier today, or at least that being made official, and how that affects the Bombers. You had a great tweet on that, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Yep. Um, Rashid Bailey, the other wide receiver for the Bombers. Um, uh, you know, obviously now a free agent officially. Yeah, Rashid Bailey. So Ellingson uh, confirmed he's got a one-year deal with Montreal, so he'll join Cody Fajardo there in an, uh, I don't know what the situation is in Montreal. It may be uncomfortable. Uh, Rashid Bailey is going to go to market. Uh, I've heard I've heard some folks linking him to the Calgary Stampeders, and since nothing is leaked out about what Calgary is doing, that, that starts to make a little more sense. Calgary so very quietly signed Julian Hauser from the Hamilton Tiger Cats in a terrific move for them. So uh, if Bailey ended up in, uh, in Calgary, they could slot him right in at that wide receiver spot, move Malik Henry inside, and, and that'd be a great fit. Bailey deserves some... Deserves a good contract coming off a career year and that incredible diving into the end zone, just brushing the pylon Superman touchdown he had against the Riders here this mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, uh, all, if Bailey's not back in blue and gold, though, we certainly hope him all the best for him. Before we get to the Montreal situation, uh, Derek, what are some of the, like, obviously, and no disrespect to any of the players that get deals today, but the, the big names have come off the board. What are some of the secondary pieces and, and, and parts that the Bombers will be filling in their roster with or looking at today in your mind? Well, we don't know what they're going to do at center, right? But Michael Couture signed a two-year deal in BC. That became official about 30 minutes ago or so. So they need a new center. Chris Kolinkowski played a bunch of games when Couture was out with the broken arm last year. And they re- and they signed Tui Ellie to a three-year contract. So we would presume one of those guys will, will play center this season. Will they be as good as Couture will be the question. And then uh, we expect Casey Sales, the defensive tackle, to take a deal in Hamilton. There was a report it was going to be $200,000 a year for two years, which is incredible money, and bless his heart if he, if he does uh, lock down that deal. 
but that leaves them with literally only Ricky Walker as American defensive tackle on the roster right now. So they're going to have to, I don't know if they go to market or they probably more likely bring up a young American uh, to, to back up Ricky Walker in that spot and give a guy a chance. But uh, sales provided some flexibility. When Jackson Jeffcoat was hurt, they could carry fewer defensive linemen because sales had the ability to go out and play defensive end. So they could bring an extra player in a different spot. So sales paid big dividends to the Bombers last season. Uh, we'll see if the next guy up can can do that. But center, um, defensive tackle, I'm curious. There's probably not a, a defensive back on the market that they're going to go after that would immediately come in and start. But uh, that would be another area where I look at, okay, well, Winston Rose and Demario Houston and uh, Jamal Parker and Desmond Lawrence. Well, is there an upgrade on one of those guys? Possibly out there on the market now. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But those are the areas we'd be looking at. Uh, Dakota Prukup. I mean, he's been fantastic yeah. in short yardage. Is he uh, still a possibility to come back to Winnipeg? He's free. It's it's a matter of who who needs a backup quarterback. Um, just going through my head, BC's good, Edmonton, Calgary. Saskatchewan could probably use a backup quarterback that, that now that they're going to Trevor Harris. They don't really have a quarterback sneak guy, so maybe there's an option for Prukop there. Ottawa's good, Hamilton's set, uh, and Montreal. I, I don't know how what the appeal of going to Montreal is right now, but uh, I, I think he's a guy who was very valuable to the Bombers last season. Uh, scored nine touchdowns on quarterback sneaks, had the highest conversion rate on sneaks uh, across the league last season, and you saw at the end of the year, Buck Pierce got more comfortable putting some of the offense in his hand, or at least a package of the offense in his hand. It didn't always go super well, obviously. Uh, great cut. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But that Buck Pierce felt confident in him says a lot about, uh, says a lot about Dakota Prukop. So, honestly, he's a guy I would love to see back. Drew Brown can do some stuff in short yardage, uh, but Dakota can give you value from your number three quarterback, and any extra value you can squeeze out is the difference between, you know, uh, I don't know, let's say a, a 30% chance to win the Great Cup and a 31% chance. So so let's do it. That's worth hundred grand to me. Derek, Edmonton did it last year with Lawler, and they're doing it again this year with Eugene Lewis at 320000 Can a team in the CFL be successful paying a receiver $300,000? Well, I, I'll stand on the line that offense wins championships in the CFL. So what, what they've done... Edmonton is interesting. They have a quarterback who I don't think is very good and is certainly not very accurate in his CFL career. They're not paying him a ton of money. And sort of like BC last year, when you're not paying your quarterback a ton of money, you have extra dollars to go to other guys. So, for example, uh, Edmonton gets its quarterback, Taylor Cornelius, and Eugene Lewis at $320,000 for about what the Bombers are paying for Zach Kolaris. There's only one Zach Kolaris, so if you try to recreate him, you go, well, uh, he can have Kolaris and, and, uh, and uh, I keep wanting to say Walker, and Kenny Lawler for the price that we get Stephen Dunbar, Eugene Lewis, and a quarterback. So they're trying to recreate him. To, I saw Moneyball on the weekend. They're trying to recreate an offense in the aggregate by going at <laughs> the top at, the top receivers to prop up, a, in my mind, a subpar quarterback. So, honestly, once you've committed to the quarterback, I think it's their only course of action. And Edmonton, I think, has done a really good job on that front. Of They've got five American receivers, all with different skill sets that could be real impacts. And like Moneyball, it only works if they win. Well, that, and there's, there's the thing, right? Yeah. 
it's it's but I mean w- once you've committed to the quarterback once you once you're down that road and you're pot committed there uh this is the way to go I think and and getting Geno Lewis to add like he's the number one receiver on the market in my mind so that was I like that move from Edmonton even though it did cost them an arm and a leg and an arm and a some other parts. Yeah, uh, 45 seconds here, but I wanted to get your thoughts for sure. Make sure we squeeze this in. Thoughts on the situation in Montreal. And um, that I thought that was a great tweet you put out there about how this affects the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the other community markets and the rest of the league as well. Yeah, Dan Barnes of the Canadian Press went back and reminded us all of the figures that Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg had to fork out. The last time the CFL ran Montreal, it was like $600,000 mm. uh, out of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' pockets to keep the Alouettes alive. They're saying, you know, something is co- is close, but who really knows how long the CFL will be in charge? So, yeah, the the Bombers and the other teams are going to take a financial hit because the the league isn't the league may be running the team, but it's the other eight teams that'll be paying for it. Derek Taylor, play-by-play voice of the Bombers on 680 CJOB. Derek, always a pleasure. You take care and uh, uh, have fun talking to uh, Kenny Lawler as well as GM Kyle Walters. Derek, Derek's going to join me at two thirty today to uh, talk about what Walters and Lawler have to say and oh. a- any other news. So he'll thank, be back with me. Thanks for telling me that right now, I, uh, Jim. Are we on the air? Because I was going to tell you before we came. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, make sure you're listening at 2.30. Gotta, hey, like Valentine's Day, it's about communication. we got to communicate we gotta communicate. We don't communicate well. Happy Valentine's Day, Jim. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Happy Ken. Valentine's you Day, You look great today. Oh, uh, you know what? There's you a jump in your step. There's a you pep in your step. You know what? I walked in, there was like an aura around you. It was like this orange glow. I don't know what it was. But I said, man, Jim, He's coming in and he's going to be on. I walked in and you turned your head and I thought it was Tom Cruise circa Mission Impossible, <laughs> the way the flow sort of went with you. And I was like, holy, Eth- oh, oh, hi, Ken. Oh, we will be right back. Dreamweaver was playing. Can't say I didn't feel like Tom Cruise Good this morning, morning, Jim. Ooh, Dreamweaver. Hi, Cam. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Sarah McCarthy. I've just totally handed off the one-minute power play to Texter Kevin, who just provides me with power play questions every single day. I don't have to do any work. The power play with Sarah McCarthy. All right. Now, here's the question. This, okay. this is from, from... Happy Valentine's Day, Sarah. Same to you. I, I thought about maybe taking credit for these, but I just wouldn't feel right. Kevin would know. Well, only he would know, but everyone else would be totally ignorant to it, so I could... Take advantage of him, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't be nice. Kevin I and it. our HR and lawyer departments would know. <laughs> <laughs> um, would Cam and Jim be better playing in the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks band, or okay. Bruce Springsteen's band? Okay. I, I could see rock. It with Bru- I could see it with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. That'd what, be pretty fun. What, what instrument do you think I could play? I don't know if, does he have a saxophone? I think I see you on a saxophone. I could oh, see, yeah. I could see that too. <laughs> yeah. In my mind's eye. the French eye. horn. <laughs> Jim, you can have the triangle. Thank you. <laughs> triangle it is. I could see Cam playing the harp, too. Mm-hmm. Tickling, that works. Yeah, tickling like the Like in a John Belushi toga <laughs> and yeah. the harp. Yeah. There you go. There's the answer, Kevin. Yeah. You That's your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. I wanted to know if she plays overtime. any instruments, but it's overtime. I can't. It's, it's overtime. Over. No, I was giving question. you overtime. We're having oh. an overtime oh, period. You, can you play any instruments? <laughs> I used to. I can probably still play like Christmas songs on the piano, but not much piano. else. Piano. <laughs> the piano's piano, a lost trade. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And I did play much the like trumpet. The I yes, did play much the trumpet. like the harp. Yeah. And the trumpet, mm-hmm. too. In high school, or no, part of high school, more like middle school. But yeah. Cool. There we go. Awesome. 
Or maybe we'll have an open trumpet night at Skadge Pizza on Tuesdays. Now you're thinking. Now you're really Two for Tuesdays at Skadge Pizza with open harp night and trumpet. You show up and you blow a horn. There you go. 50% off your pie. Boom, boom goes the dynamite right boom goes there. The thing, Marketing Sarah. dynamo, Sarah McCarthy. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Text the show. Um, got a couple of questions about this, and I and I, and I really appreciate this um, from Dave Why He texts, because I think this is a question many of our listeners are having right now. Uh, did Axel Janssen, if you all be clear, waivers? Now, um, just because the NHL loves to make everything complicated, uh, it, it happens at Noon Mountain. So that is 1 o'clock our time. 2 Eastern, yeah. 1 Central. 2 Eastern, 1 our time, uh, 1 Central. So we will know uh, if he clears waivers or has cleared waivers in 25 minutes or so. And then we'll know the situation. Um, Kevin, the garbage man, texts the show and he says, when was the last time an NHL team has lost three players off the waiver wire in a season? I'm feeling like it's a bit of a fail if the Jets do. What do you feel? I don't. I don't feel like it's a fail. I think it's unfortunate. I don't think you ever want to lose any yeah, player, but I don't think it's a fail. I don't think it's a fail. It's a sign you have a really good roster. I mean, yeah. if you're waving guys that are getting picked up, I mean, what else do you want them to do? Like this is an interesting conversation. So if it's not Fialbi, who do you want to wave? Like somebody's got to get away. I know a lot of people said Coolman, and yeah. they said, well, the right shot to left shot. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think Axel Janssen Fialbi is a valuable player and they need him, but yeah. there's just no room. But again, if you have no room, that's a good sign. Yeah. No, it's definitely a good sign. And it's a showcase of, of where the depth is. And, 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 oh, go ahead. Uh, according to multiple sources, Carlo Koliakovo mentioned, so mm-hmm. works for TSN in Toronto, former defenseman with the Blues and the Leafs. Patrick Kane has two teams on his list so far that he would accept a trade to. The Rangers and the Maple Leafs. Not sure if the Rangers could make a move from after they acquired Tarasenko. No, that's out pretty much. Would you like Patrick Kane on the Toronto Maple Leafs? There's a lot of stories circulating. By the way, I chatted with Frank Cervelli. I think that's a really good move for Toronto if they can pull that oh, off. Oh, for sure. Big is. time yeah. good move for them. Um, but um, just so Cervelli's going to try and join us next week. He's tied up this week in traveling mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think it was him who started the reports going that the Leafs are yeah. sort of looking at doing stuff. And, and this, I think, speaks to desperation, um, looking to make some moves and just deal with it later, i.e. Yeah. we might have to give a player away or two in the summer for nothing like Vegas does, <laughs> but just <laughs> load this series up. Now, I think it's out of desperation. Like, now, is I that Dubis uh, on a final year of his contract? It's like, what the heck? I got nothing to lose well, here. I m- imagine the – okay, let's just play this. If yeah. the Leafs get – in and lose in the first round again. Very likely. Oh like, no, not very likely, but it's 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 cannot, it's a, it's a possible real possibility. Now, I'm the kind of guy that looks at that roster and goes, I'd run it back again and try and get a goaltender or Samsonov's good, I'd try to improve. But I understand that you won't be able to do that in Toronto. Dubis, somebody's going to get fired, maybe Keith. Yeah. But then you have to make some moves. But the other part of this is is so you're going to bring in Kane he could walk in the offseason, which he probably will. Likely, yeah. What's the cost of it to your organization? Where does it set you back? Now, if you're Dubas, who cares? I'm probably not going to be here if I don't. If this doesn't work anyway. It's, it's so an I've got to make it work. It's an interesting situation where if I was him, I would go all in because there's so nothing to lose. But Saravelli also mentioned that the Jets are kind of looking at this. Like, that's why they Chevy was – and this came out, and I think it was Saravelli, so correct me if I'm wrong – Maybe it was Pagnata that said that, you know, that's why Chevy was in Tampa Bay watching the Sharks and Lightning. Yeah. When we joked, it's for Kucherov. Or admin, yeah. um, it was for Maya that they're looking at this, too, to sort of do some things. 
Now, I think if the Leafs went this route, it would be out of the desperation. I think if the Jets went this route, it would be out of desperation, but of a different sort. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is they're not panicking and have to get something done this year, but they do look at their situation contract-wise and go, yeah. if we bring in a couple big names, so now you have four or five guys looking at free agency either this summer or a year from now, you just start handing out the eight and a halfs and go, who wants it? And sort of scramble, deal with it later. Yeah, that's it's 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 a different situation. The Jets have sure. seven and a half million in cap space, right? Like, yeah. so they can do some things here that they offset some things, or but and then the stories last night, and I, I keep saying stories because there's so many sources going around. I'm not trying to disrespect mm. anybody. I believe in giving attribution to the people who dig these stories out. But there's a couple floating around last night that they're still in on Jake Chikrin. And I could see that. Like, I could see them taking Pionk's $4 million, I, I taking Vili Hainola yeah. in a first-round pick, and maybe a Harkins. Now, I don't know if Har- Harkins isn't going to tip the scales, but you need a roster spot, and Harkins isn't on the team he, Harkins would go so, to Arizona. He would be on that. He'd so on yeah, that And team. he would play. So you're actually yeah. doing Harkins a favor by mm-hmm. including him in this because he'll 100%. play a- every night. But if and Harkins is a good dude. I'm like, a, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, he, and, and he deserves a spot. There's just not room for him here. But I don't mind that, to send a first-round pick, Vili Hainola, Neil Pionk, to offset the $4 million. Now, because you're sending Pionk, you might have to kick something else in. But, I mean, I, we I all knew it was this. four assets. And yeah. bring Chikrin in for two years. I, I think if you're able to bring in Chikrin with that contract still, I think the first-round pick comes into play. I think that becomes something oh, it that's has very to be, Yeah, your first-round pick is yeah. going to. So now That's you're not something at, you're hanging on but to. But what I mentioned the other day, too, the Jets don't have a second, fourth, or sixth. So if they trade that first round. Mm. But you, you have to keep in mind, like once this season is done, and I hate saying that all the time because I think we should focus on this season. It's yeah. going to be a good one. And it has been so far. But once this season is done, you can – you know, trade some big names for first round picks again. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's or good. a second rounder for sure. Like, there's none of these guys that have contracts coming up in a year that wouldn't garner a second round pick. Yeah, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to be joined by Everett Fitzhugh. He's the play by play voice of the Kraken. We'll take a l- deeper look at the game coming up tonight. Pre-game gets going at five. Puck drop at seven. Seattle Kraken here in Winnipeg for their. Uh, uh, first and only visit here to Winnipeg this season. Um, Connor Hellebach not on the ice for the morning skate, according to a head coach, Rick Bonus, feeling a little bit under the weather. Could see David Riddich between the pipes uh, today. Uh, seemed like it's a, it's a good possibility that Riddich will be getting the game here. And uh, everyone else good to go. A couple guys missed the morning skate, but uh, shouldn't be uh, any concern. And Sam well, Gagne, Logan Stanley, and uh, Kyle Capobianco. Um, those guys are going to be healthy scratches today. Jim? Before we go... You got married recently. What was your wedding song? Um, it was, well, we had two. Still of the Night by White Snake. Uh, it was Michael Buble, You and I. You and I, Michael Buble. Yeah, we okay. saw Michael Buble not long, not too long ago when he was back in Winnipeg. And um, uh, Chris Stapleton, um, I'm a Millionaire. Wow, that's those are good choices. Yeah, yeah. The so Stapleton mine one was, is a good choice. Yeah, mine was Stapleton and hers was uh, Buble. You two-step to the Stapleton? Or just a Jim, slow. You know waltz. me good enough that it's it's more than a two step. I know you well enough. You you had some break dancing in there somewhere. Yeah. You know I might not look like it, but I can I can spin on my head pretty you good. You can shred a piece of cardboard on <laughs> cement. Break dancing. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on six eighty CJOB. 
can't you gotta control yourself. Otherwise, I'll be taking coin flip. And oh, this is a great song. Yeah, it is a great good song. Memories. Thinking of your special one today on Happy Valentine's Day to you both. You're good people. Thanks, man. You're I good peeps. It. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't wear a suit though. You just <laughs> had on that tie dye t shirt. Well, you know, I saw Kid Rock when him and Pamela Anderson got married. He's just wearing swimming I watched trunks the Pam and- Anderson documentary and I thought to myself, has she, as much as she's been married, has she never not married a guy that had a board shorts on and, <laughs> and something, either no shirt or, or a tee? Yeah. Well, so anyways, uh, bringing on to the show, uh, Seattle Kraken and the Winnipeg Jets get going today at Canada Life Center. Pre-game at 5, puck drop at 7, uh, right here on 680 CGOB. Bringing on to the show, Everett uh, Fitzhugh, the play-by-play voice of the Kraken. Everett, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, fellas, thanks for having me. Sorry, it's kind of loud in here. They're doing their pre-game uh Testing of everything. So oh, no. find a quiet spot, but things are going well. No, no sweat. Don't worry about it. Um, here's something I wanted to talk to you right off the bat. This really impressed me about the Seattle Kraken when I was taking a look at them today. Um, sixth in goals, yep. four. And I was thinking, okay, well, I'm not sure they have any guys that are real point-per-game players. And, you know, Jordan Eberle is the closest, but I think he's still 13 points or so off the pace. But this is incredible to me. They have 10 players, all with 10 goals or more, and two, and they have two more that are at nine right now and are going to get to 10 very, very shortly. I mean, I had no idea until I looked at that how strong the depth scoring was on this Seattle crack. And I'm not sure I've ever seen a team with this kind of depth scoring on it. Yeah, that's been really one of the big keys for Seattle that is that has given them so much success this year is the ability to find offense from all parts of the lineup. And, you know, you look at a lot of teams around the league, if you can key in on a top line or on a top six, you're pretty much going to have success every night. But for Seattle, there there is no top line in terms of a, a line getting most of the offense. There was a time, and I think it still stands, that a guy like Morgan Geeky, Daniel Sprong and Ryan Donato were all in the top three in scoring in the NHL amongst players who were averaging 12 or fewer minutes of ice time. So being able uh, to, to find that offense and to find that scoring from a lot of places has been a huge, huge piece for this team's success. So along those lines of uh, depth scoring and how this team plays, Everett, I'm wondering about the goaltending and, and how good that's been and, and how much this has made a difference because Mr. Jones is really, he's something this year, but also he's had his struggles. Yeah, no, I, I think for, for this cracking team, uh, goaltending, probably the most polarizing position uh, in the organization. You go into last season, Philip Grubach and were supposed to be the one and two. COVID happened, a few injuries happened. This year, okay, we're finally going to get that uh, Drieger-Grubauer one-two tandem. Chris Drieger gets injured in the World Championship gold medal game for Team Canada, and he's out for the foreseeable future. So now... Uh, a guy like Mark Jones comes in, and we've seen what he's been able to do in his career. He won a cup with uh, with LA, um, you know, multiple times, thirty game winner, has had multiple starts. So, you know what you can expect from Martin Jones. But he's been really one of the biggest reasons and one of the biggest catalysts for this team's success this year because of, of him coming in in a pinch uh, to to help ease the load on a Philip Grubauer. But now he's come in and has played so well that uh, depending on who you talk to in the media-wise in Seattle and just talking to folks, 
He's now slipped into that number one spot despite the AAV, uh, but he's been able to keep Seattle at the forefront of that Pacific Division playoff picture. Uh, with the deadline coming up on March 3rd, uh, how important and how at the top of the list there for Ron Francis is to fix the penalty kill, uh, which to me, looking at him, might be their biggest weakness. Yeah, I mean, Ron Francis, he plays a lot of things very close to the vest. And, and this is not just me blowing you off. You know, there's uh, there are a lot of things that, that aren't public or aren't made public and, until it happens. So for Ron, I mean, if, if I'm in his shoes, I'm definitely looking uh, at, at penalty kill help for sure. But I think addressing the NHL depth uh, on, on the Kraken roster, especially moving toward the playoffs would be a good sign. Also defensively, I mean, this is a team that uh, has good D uh, personnel, good defensive personnel, but you would love to find, you know, another depth piece on the back end. And then I think face-offs as well has been an area that this team has struggled, um, a consistent area of opportunities for Seattle. So if you can find a, a top nine centerman, you know, a top three centerman, um, to, to win faceoffs for you, that's going to be a huge area where the Kraken can improve going into that deadline and then hopefully uh, the rest of this playoff push. Along the lines of this team and, and how well they're playing this year, I wanted to ask you about Dave Hackstall. Uh, he went to Philadelphia, didn't work out yeah. too much, but he's got a lot of fans in this area. Of course, longtime coach at University of North Dakota. How much of an influence has he been with not only this team overall, obviously as their head coach, but specifically this season and getting them to where they are uh, in relatively short time, about a season and a half to get to this point? You know, I think the big thing for, for Dave is that he has now been able to get that full team buy-in. When you have the expansion draft, you know, you're not given a choice of where to go, right? The, you're selected and you get what you get, and, and then that's it. But now, after the moves that were made late last season, it all began with uh, Jared McCann signing that long-term five-year extension, then you bring in um, some more core pieces, Andre Burakovsky, Oliver Brookstrand, Matty Benitez, for all intents and purposes, is uh, an addition after the 10-game tryout last year, now a full-time player. And Dave Haxtell has really gotten um, this team to, to play to their identity, and he's gotten that full team buy-in from, you know, veterans all the way down uh, to your, your 13th forwards and your 7th, 8th D. Um, and I think that's been really, really big for this team is that he leans on the vets, but then he also knows when to, to lean on the team as a whole and, and get them playing the right way. And I think another Winnipeg tie that is probably maybe the underrated signing of the offseason is cracking assistant coach Dave Lowry. Um, he has brought a, a wealth of experience and a world of experience, um, you know, a light mood. He's brought some levity into the room as well. So I think those two in particular have really been a huge driving force uh, in addition to other factors of this team's success. Everett, we only have about uh, 15, 20 seconds here, but thoughts on the game tonight? Looking forward to it. Winnipeg's a very heavy team, and, and this is a team that Seattle is going to have to go through to have playoff success, a team like Winnipeg. So 
They struggled out east, and now they're going to have to see if they can get two big points um, in division. It'll be interesting to see, though, if, if Hellebuck is able to go uh, due to the illness or if Riddick will start for them. But I'm looking forward to a good game tonight. Everett, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll talk again in the Western Conference Final. I'm that confident. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Music to my ears. Thanks, everyone. Have a good call. uh, Play by play voice of the Kraken joining us now. Uh, Awesome stuff. Really appreciate you. Take care, okay? Take care. Thank you so much, guys. Awesome stuff from Everett there. That was really great. Really good. Um, Yeah, good to see him in town, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pre-game gets going at 5. Puck drop at 7. Jim Toth will take you all the way until uh, 3 Uh, o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche. Great job, as always, uh, producing the show. And that's it for me. I'll be back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.